Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake, and I'm joined by housemate Simon London. Hello. Hi, mate. How's it going? Good. I'm sleepy today. Yeah. Well, because we've been doing a big top secret, super secret. Yeah, we did. We did something hush, so hush, yeah. thingy thing thing. The big top secret thing tuckered me out. Yeah, it was actually a very long day, but it was really fun. Uh, we won't go into too many details about what it was for or what happened, but people saw it on there. Were, there was the yeah, socials. there was wrestlers there, and we took some moves and. Uh, my chest hurts. Your chest does And I'm hurt. not sure whether I've got trapped wind or whether I've got a caved-in rib. Um, hey, cause there's only one way to find out. Rampage Brown was, was hitting me quite hard. Yes, and you pooped yourself. And I pooped myself, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, now I am genuinely concerned that I've got something wrong with me. Okay. So I don't think I do very well as a wrestler because no. I'm a, a bit of a hypochondriac. So, so. It's, it's, taken, it's taken this moment for you to decide you couldn't make it as a wrestler. Yeah. That's the moment that got it. I've taken a bump and a knock to my confidence. Right, yeah. yeah, <laughs> I've, yeah I've taken yeah. both. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you feel taking uh, my your bump? One, your my one, secret bump. Your secret bump. You know what? I actually wanted to do it again. Yeah. But we kind of came short on time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I like the fact that two wrestlers said, to, one of the, well, Rampage said, hey, man, that was a hell of a bump. Mm. And shook my hand. What's the hell of a bump? Now, I know he was just being nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> he tried to choke the life out of me. So. Yeah, and he also nearly killed what? Pete. I don't know why he was being nice to you. <laughs> he, did, he, he, uh, he, he, nearly, he nearly chopped... The shotgun chops. He, he chopped Pete into the sunken place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he chopped Pete angry. Yeah. Pete, I've, not, I've not seen Pete, like, properly livid. But Pete walked off with a venom and a fury mm. that I... Uh, yeah. 
I I rue the day that um, Rampage gets his comeuppance from Pete. Yeah, because Pete's going to go full on with that. Ramp- Rampage did take a a special kind of joy from choking you. Oh yeah, he's, there, um, was a, there was a look of glee in yeah, his face. Yeah, and he um, didn't he? What did he? Didn't he say to you? Um, I'm just going to go for it a bit. Yeah, just before he did that. Yeah, did he say that to you? No. All <laughs> right, but no, just an earshot. Sure really Who did he say it to? I, I don't know, but I just heard him say it. Well, I just no, I felt him do it. Oh right, <laughs> I didn't know. Until, I didn't know until it was laid in that it was going to be like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you went quite red. Well, that was fun. So concerned about not being able to breathe afterwards. Yeah, that was fine. So uh, everyone will find out what that was all about next week. Next week, I think. Yeah. End of next week. Got to be the editing first, don't we? So. Yeah, I mean it's a video. Surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, I started doing it today. Not a long form podcast. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't had to um, actually physically. Like I've sat in a lot of edits, but I've actually not had to physically edit a sketch mm. for a what for what maybe six months now. Yeah, and um, they're pain pain in the ass. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of putting stuff together. Yeah, when you when you actually choose something properly. They're all pain in the ass. Put it back together again. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I had to do one. I once did an overnight edit of a, a series of like half interview, half gameplay of um, Andy Circus playing the Planet of the Apes PlayStation oh, yeah. phone thing game that they had, where you'd like make all the choices. But they did it like four different times, but chosen all the different all different choices, and it was like so. Which which playthrough of this? level of the game do you want in the video mm. or do you want me to rewind it and it was it was and they never know it was all over the place yeah and it they took, never know it took all night to tell the nice. story of that and i i hated it mm. came out of it being like mm, i'll never watch an andy circus film again <laughs> yeah, he's dead i'll never to me. play the playstation no and i'll never look at a monkey no ever never 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 wow anyway time to get into the rest of the show where we'll be talking about the huge shock debut that happened on nxt here's the show This angle was playing out across uh, the sort of the women's war games feud and setting up because um, Rhea Ripley's team is full. Mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler's team going into the show had one space left to fill, uh, so, and there was all kind of people were speculating would Dakota would Dakota Kai turn on uh, Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley's team after they snubbed her and she could become the last member of Shayna Baszler's team. It doesn't seem like that's the case. But the story they told throughout NXT this week was that the women's roster is being mysteriously attacked. Now, you've got multiple suspects. If you're going to line them up in your sort of yeah. Poirot, uh, we've all retired to the drawing room and I'm now going to name the culprit. You could have yeah. had uh, Becky Lynch coming down from Raw. You could have had Bailey and Sasha Banks coming down from SmackDown. They definitely, they definitely try to push the uh, push the idea to the audience early that they could have that they were going to come from the main roster. Mm-hmm. They said that a few times. Yeah. So that's what I was expecting. Yeah. So you've got that. So you've got those two options. You've also got uh, anyone because initially it was like coming out of the break after the first match, we were told that uh, Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley had been attacked. We saw it. Um, and so that suggests then that someone on, is someone on Baszler's team. It might have been Duke and Shafir. It could have been anyone else on the mm-hmm. women's roster who's going to side with the heel team. However, later in the show, we then also see that Duke and Shafir are down. Candice LeRae is down. 
Scarlet Bordeaux makes her surprise debut. Just a wild Scarlet Bordeaux appeared in the back sh- back of a shot. wasn't mentioned. That just sort of passed by. She had a couple. Of, she had a couple of lines as well. Uh, yeah, Candice, are you okay? <laughs> I'm so hot. Um, and then it was just like uh, going into the final match, which was Mia Yim versus Io Shirai for the advantage um, in oh, the War Games, Games match. So yeah. The idea that like the rest of your teammates would be locked up for three minutes while your team constantly has a man advantage. Well, man advantage. Um, so this was the first ever ladder match, women's ladder match in NXT history, I believe. Oh, and, and on tapings? I think so, yeah. I think, I think they've had them on a takeover, haven't they? I, don't, I think this was the first ever, maybe it was the first ever just, yeah, t- TV yeah. ladder match. I, think there's, I feel like there's been one at a pay-per-view. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of, they were putting it over as a historic event. It was an amazing little match. We'll go through the match a little bit now before we jump ahead to the the finale of this mm-hmm. so the match comes with the uh i guess just the sort of looming presence of whoever this invader might be whoever like whoever it is that's attacking everyone there's the sort of we've had a we had a clip earlier as well where um Mia Yim's warming up backstage and being interviewed by Kathy Kelly and Dakota Kai comes in and says look that's all water under the bridge that I wasn't picked for the team. It's Rhea Ripley's choice to make. She made the choice. She chose you. I just want you to know that if anything goes down, I am on your side. Mm-hmm. Which, to the conspiracy theorist me, <laughs> was like, okay, well, you know, maybe that's this all builds into the big, the big Dakota Kai heel turn. Here. Yeah, and also ladder matches are just f- perfect fodder for run-ins normally. Exactly. Um, and we got... A few here. Yeah, a couple. I think yeah. three, realistically, yeah. sort of like in the big run-ins. I mean, the whole show was just running, yeah. run-ins for days. Well, that's the story of this episode of NXT, was that basically, because War Games is just around the corner, all we have is people wanting to brawl and go to war, and all these things can only be settled at War Games. Mm-hmm. So there, there, was a, there was a couple of other instances throughout the show. The match itself, Miriam versus Io Shirai, um massive respect to Mia Yim for finishing that match yeah. in the way that they did because they could have like so the match starts off to be honest I actually over overall overall I don't think the match was great to be fair like it because it started so slow mm-hmm. the first half was very slow but it it was certainly building to it was because it was always building in narrative <clears throat> as opposed to in match yeah. you know what I mean the narrative the narrative was this match was really representing a, a meta narrative outside of it. But as soon as Mia Yim takes this, you know, she's holding the ladder sideways, mm-hmm. takes a um, top row drop kick, and it, she just, she, I guess she's just sort of too high, sort of hits the top the of ladder, the ladder. She's sort it? of holding the ladder up here. And it hit there. And then so the drop kick hits there, and the, I think the ladder yeah. sort of snapped against her Jerry face. Mer- Jerry Mercury herself. Yeah. She um, was. Bloodied immediately. Yeah, noses really bleed, don't yeah, they? Yeah, noses, they really go. Gang, um, gangbusters, they go. Yeah. Second broken nose tonight. I think Aaliyah mm-hmm. broke her nose as well. Mm-hmm. Same Same nose. Kick from um, But yeah, so me and Yun goes down. Ia Shirai, great selling. She's obviously now got a. She should climb to the top of the ladder, but luckily earlier on in the match, they'd, she had sold this hand injury from getting mm-hmm. slammed. And so she, you know. Obviously, the crowd give her a bit of leeway because everyone's just looking at what's happening with all the doctors around Mia Yim. Yeah. And then she starts really struggling with the ladder because she can't use her hand. Mm. And I thought that was 
That was really good work on I her thought part. She did it. She did Cause it because that, that could have been really nasty. Yeah, and she, <laughs> she did it enough to be like she did it for the right amount of time. Yeah, and it was like I was at the point where I was like, okay, I get what you're doing here now. So we like what's happening. So I just thought they would go to the finish. Uh, I thought they would like that's what hop, I thought. hop skip and a finish now. Considering that, what happened next, you yeah. think they would have just gone? Actually, would have just been better to just have a zip up there and just yeah. I don't, yeah, you know. so I was, I was just, I was literally just expecting EO to get dragged off the ladder, and then Mia goes up, and this is what happens: like Leah gets dragged off, Mia goes up, then EO gets up and drags Mia off, gives her a German suplex, the running knees to the face with the broken nose, and mm. I know she like lands on her chest, but whatever. <laughs> then she goes up for a moonsault, Mia, they brawl, Mia falls to the outside, Dakota runs down to help her, they both eat a moonsault on the outside, which then leaves. Um, Eo goes back in. She goes to climb the ladder. Dakota comes in. She takes Eo out, puts Mia back in the ring. Mia begins to climb the ladder. You're thinking, okay, so she's fought through all of this, all of this pain, all of this kind of, it must have been so hard to breathe for most of that match. Mm. And then she gets halfway up the ladder. And who should come down to the ring but Kaylee Ray, the mm. NXT UK women's champion who hasn't been seen in NXT as far as I'm aware. Um, and she tips the ladder over, throwing Mia Yim out over the top rope and through another ladder that's been like, bridged there for ages. Bridged there yeah. for ages. That bump, the, that is an awful looking bump. Yeah, because she lands sort of side on in the air, like her legs are up in the air, and um, she almost takes it. Like, you know how some people take the Bailey to belly, like with their that's their back sort of square, with their mm. legs straight up, and so, yeah, and she just takes it and actually as it lands she goes through it so quickly she just bounces about another six inches off oh. it's that was like that was way worse than the nose it, like a no like a nose really hurts I but it like doesn't she, do anything do I, saw, I saw someone <laughs> tweeting that like Mia yim came out of that match worse off than either john moxley or kenny omega did from their match like it was like oh yeah it heroic effort from Mia yim in this also, match. Way, like I, selling up a storm you know, Eoshra took a big taking a lump. Took, took um, Eoshra took that big German on the. Oh no, no, yeah, it was Eoshra. It, it was a suplex. Yeah. yeah, took the big suplex as well. I mean that, and she, and she got the uh, overhead toss as well yeah. into the ladder, but she missed slightly. Yeah, I thought the um, there were some really clever spots in this match. And yeah. looked, they they did some really fun stuff. They did a lot of like um, fun. Little, there was like a moment where Mia was putting a ladder in the ring, and Eo had been pulling one out from under the ring, and as Mia gets her ladder onto the apron and slides in. Uh, Eo leaps up and does a sort of tiger faint kick round into the ladder, knocking it into mm. him. There was a lot of like little fun spots with the ladders that were clearly more fun to do and take yeah. than the suplex onto the ladder or the falling through a ladder on the outside yeah. bit or taking a ladder to the face. But I thought overall that all sold that this moment where you get this surprise debut um, and, and Kaylee Ray comes down and suddenly is the difference maker and seems like the, the new member of Team Baszler. Mm. It, it, it made that so much more impactful because you, you know, and it, even the um, the accidental, like you know, the breaking of Mia Yim's nose made it even even more kind of galling that this yeah. thing happened. I just I was so invested by that point of like, I think just on a sort of, I was so surprised that the match went longer after, like carried on after the nose break. Yeah, I think um, yeah, up up until they started, up until probably. Up until probably the suplex onto the ladder, I wasn't like I didn't feel myself fully invested mm -hmm. in the match. I thought the first half did drag, but as soon as that that second half of the match, 
really, like you said, did everything it needed to do, and it really saw. And I think sometimes, you know, um, you know, you look back to other famous examples like um, Becky Lynch getting the bloody nose, and it, you know, sometimes when those accidents happen, you know, they they elevate the match and they elevate the stakes. And I think in this, this is one of those instances. Luckily, she's, I think as far as we all know, she's fine. Mm-hmm. So that's good. But um, yeah, I thought overall the match actually, yeah, felt like it had real consequences. The only thing I thought, thought was slightly strange was Dakota Kai's interference where she power bombs Io Shirai. Mm-hmm. That was quite a, quite a heelish I think, but I think it's, moment. I think it suggests that like, the problem with that, I think part of Dakota's character has always been like she doesn't like she never is quite a closer. Like she's always sort of yeah. Uh, she's always been presented as kind of soft in certain ways, and I think this was suddenly that sort of uh, I need to prove to the other women on the roster that I am able to hang with them, and I am willing to also go the distance for my friends and for what the team I think and for like the team I think is going to be good because now. You know, if me has got a broken nose and like I don't and I don't know if the finish of that match was going to be like a big beat down at the end on Mia or whatever it was. You know, something yeah. something that something that would have written her out of war games because yeah. we like now Dakota Kai feels like she's very still very much involved in that storyline. So going forwards, does she like? I thought I thought was what was interesting about it is like you could almost you could see it playing out as though I mean it's difficult to see it's playing out this way considering the finish the proper finish of the match mm. but at the moment in that moment I kind of thought oh this is interesting is she in her attempts to help is she actually hindering and is that going to drive her away yeah and that's going to be so I thought all pushing of, her to the dark yeah side. I kind of thought the story the story and this might still be the story they're telling mm. but it kind of felt to me that this was another little breadcrumb in the will she won't she sort of betray them in some way yeah and then and then you get Kaylee Ray and so suddenly yeah. again like and it, it's one of those it's one of those interesting debuts because obviously I don't know why I didn't see it coming because we've had Walter on NXT like I think to be fair I think I've, I I was I was like Tony Storm was higher in my like f- like higher up in my brain of people who would appear on NXT first yeah. Than Kaylee Ray, and I don't know why. Well, I think there's a couple. Well, I think well, I think there's good reasons for thinking that way. One, which is they can't empty every brand of its stars and send them to other shows mm-hmm. in the same two week period. You know, at some point, someone's got to appear on the show they're contracted to be on. Yeah, no, um, you know, no, I don't want to <laughs> rock the boat. <laughs> but um, I guess the other thing is that they they they've pushed so hard. That, that, considering what's happened over the last two weeks of WWE programming and everything else and NXT programming, you know. The obvious thing to do is to have someone from the main roster come down. Yeah, and in a way, you could you could argue that actually, um, because that would that was clearly the expectation they were setting, having someone then turn up from a lower brand actually or a different brand, mm. uh, actually kind of still sort of takes away her thunder a little bit because the, the expe- if the expectation something was mined was. Becky Lynch or Sasha, yeah, and they get who, but Kelly Ray, great, and a, and a cool moment, and you know, I think it's cool to throw in something interesting yeah. and keep pushing new talent. That's all good, but 
when you've got the commentators literally telling you, I wonder if someone from Raw or SmackDown will come down tonight. Mm. Who could it be? Wonder if them another time. You know, the main roster, you know, they were here last week with H. You know, like they kind of, they really yeah. pushed that. But the mystery remains. I think that, that, you know, Kaylee Ray being there doesn't actually solve the mystery because, no. you know, we get the nice, so there's a nice, there's the moment at the end, the, the way the show finishes is that uh, EO sat atop the ladder holding the symbolic briefcase, as it was mm-hmm. known, the one that, suggests that you've got the advantage in the War Games match. Bianca Belair's one side of the ladder, Kaylee Ray's on the other side of the ladder, Baszler's music hits. She walks out, Kaylee Ray gives her a little hi, and she's like, very well done. Big clap for all of you guys. I am brilliant. I told you to do that. Yeah. She's the, she's doing the Mr. Burns, I told him to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, who walks out? Blooming Bailey, yeah. who, who uh, Shayna has had... Obviously, dalliances with on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. She's had dalliances with Becky Lynch as well, and is in the match post Takeover. So, like this, not only this this final segment of NXT built to uh, Takeover War Games, it built to Survivor Series as well. Yeah, and I really liked it. And it's, I really liked it. Too. I love I love the fact that also it was a it was a return to NXT for Bailey, and obviously she has had one return previously where they promised they were going to come and defend the women's tag team titles that never materialized. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a return for Bailey that they didn't pay off on on any way she didn't do any posturing she didn't say anything to anyone she just came out hit her move the sort of face driver the, it's like a skull fr- crushing finale yeah. thingy I don't know what they're calling it um, and then just wanders off and everyone's it took everyone like that like she'd done the move before people clocked that it was Bailey I think people were still just sort of like oh, oh it's ba- Bailey's back yeah, Milo yeah, yeah. and then yeah she'd gone by that point um, I think it's, in- it's, it's great isn't it it's uh, um of all the people to come back with her new persona, mm. to come back as a heel, yeah, you know, Bailey is like you, that's like so, so precisely, yeah, the best one. And to I wonder, pick, I wonder if know. Izzy's going to change her look now. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, she's now, she's now a teenager now. She's a real bitch now. Yeah, <laughs> Just because, yeah. <laughs> but it suggests it, it suggests that like you know it, it also puts the sort of that Bailey and maybe some other members of the women's roster were the ones going around and beating up everyone backstage. Yeah. So that, that that mystery remains to be so, like is there to be solved next week. So I think next week we're going to get some sort of resolution and probably some invasion from the women's side of uh, hmm. the main roster. Yeah, and it just leaves it just leaves us at a really exciting juncture in NXT because we're building to two shows, and I think NXT is actually doing very well to acquit itself in simultaneously building to a whole weekend's worth of wrestling. Yes. Yeah, I feel, invested, I feel, in, I feel very invested in war games and I feel equally as invested in NXT's stake in the Survivor Series stuff. Yeah. I don't think it's been as told as brilliantly as it did when uh, Triple H had to rush job SmackDown uh, mm. when the Saudi stuff was happening. But I still think like the, there's enough tantalizing match prospects on the cards for Survivor Series involving NXT yeah. that you know the the smallest bit of build sells that to me already. Yeah, I think so. I think it's 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 funny because Survivor Series has, be, has now become the sort of cherry on top, mm. which is you know, War Games is shaping up to be. You know, it's it's currently shaping up to be one of the best pay per views uh, NXT has ever put on. I think mm. uh, in terms of you know they've been going longer on shows, so there's more investment in more storylines, and the one thing that all the takers have always had. Is they've kind of just had what three or four matches, maybe five matches, but really it's two big narratives that your main events, mm-hmm. and that's what we're all invested in. I feel like now 
we're able to get invested in more stuff. So now each thing really feels much bigger than it was before. And I think the balance of this card, mm. like there's no, any one of these matches could it could be match of the night. Yep. I think, you know, obviously the historic side of it with the first women's war games. I just think the whole build in a broad sense is brilliant. And then to add to that, and we all know it's just because for the sake of it happening, but still, they're then a couple of them are then just going to rock up to Survivor Series mm. and probably have, I mean, the... Uh, AJ Roddy Shinsuke the match the might be match. oh that's that could <laughs> that could be match of the year cheers, already yeah. like you know it's you know that's that's just a lot of fun to have be had there and just and I think it'd just be fun to just enjoy well we know Survivor Series doesn't really mean anything anymore because they they were willing to just let Raw yeah completely but I think I think knock out SmackDown yeah. last year but and I think you're right I think positive and I think in the actual Survivor Series match we're obviously going to be disappointed by how they treat the NXT turn yeah but. Outside of that, I think, yeah, like you said, it's it, NXT is essentially uh, booking uh, booking its own pay-per-view, obviously, but then a bit like when uh, a wrestler has to kind of carry the build for a match when the other wrestler isn't mm. available because of injury or something, and they have to just do their own promos or whatever. It's like NXT is also sort of also building it just its own side for Survivor Series. Yeah. You know, without the input of anyone else. Mm-hmm. And... It's a lot of plate spinning, but they're nailing it. They're not. No, it's it's working. Yeah, um, I'm I'm so keen for next weekend and yeah. to see what, like everything that goes down. Yeah, I like I like how some of the survivor stuff that's been happening, some of the invasion stuff, has now correctly been used mm-hmm. to give a bit of rub to some of the NXT guys already. They're already talking about it, using it. You know, not as if they're like so pleased to be there, but they're like, I like the fact that they're they're all of the superstars actually. Their overall attitude is, we are better and we are the main roster really kind mm. of thing i like that that they've all kind of got that no, no no i beat these guys you didn't you know it's 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 all smart and all very well done by nxt booking mm-hmm. ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's go through some super chats now, just quickly. We've only got a few to go through, and then we will hop on to the rest of the show. So on the subject of AEW slash NXT, Josh Dominikis says, any chance we could have separate WrestleTalk Twitters made for live discussion on Twitter for AEW and NXT? I just don't want NXT ruined for me. I mean, potentially. Problem is, though... It's, the, a, it's a Randy Andy Datsun question. Well, it does but, a lot of the WrestleTalk Twitters. I know, stuff. but also the, the issue is, though, ultimately, we're in the UK, and we talk about stuff that happens in America. Mm. So there will always be clashing time differences. Yeah, we're already lagging behind. Yeah, so, so I'm, afra- I'm afraid that's that's sort of not really up to us. Although we do sympathise with your with your issue. Um, so then we've got Jobber JJ coming in with uh, Dijakovic babyface now fighting and teaming with Lee. I don't think babyface. I think he's still annoyed at uh, losing the North American title match. So I don't. I don't think. But I don't necessarily think that Dijakovic was necessarily a heel in his sort of matches with yeah, Keith Lee. They were just I think after they after they, they took him I think after they took him off NXT TV for a bit and he was injured and stuff, his him returning was more just like I'm a super athlete. And I think both him and Lee have been presented as super athletes. I think Lee is more babyface aligned. Yes. But I think that's just so. it's more attitudinal than like he's actually like out and out a goody goody. Yeah. It's just he I think he's so over yeah. He can only really be seen as a babyface, whereas yeah. I think Dijak, because of his character, seems like he might flip. But he's never—I don't think he's done anything uh, heelish since returning. No, not really. He's, he's been just, a hard he, yeah, yeah, exactly. He, and he's—you know—his style is very aggressive, and mm. um, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I think—I mean, I, I love seeing Dijakovic on that. As much as I'm such a big fan of Keith Lee, I do think it's—it's it's great that they've that Dijakovic isn't just getting left behind because ultimately he was fifty percent of those matches. Yeah. I think he's awesome. I think, he's I think awesome. both are amazing. Uh, Kevin asks, which member of the Undisputed Era do you think will lose his title first? Oh, that is a good question. Uh, I can see Cole holding on to it for quite, Roddy or, quite some Roddy time. Roddy or Cole yeah. in my head. So I think... Oh, you think Cole might, might lose it? I, well, so I think if you wanted to... if like, and I, I know obviously NXT does leave threads dangling every so often. But if you ever wanted to tie up a little loose thread, you could tie up the loose thread of like what was going on with Roddy um, and the other guys sort of bullying him about being the weak link in the group. And you could tie that up in two ways. You could tie that up in the way that Roddy loses the North American Championship and then the prophecy is suddenly unfulfilled. Or you could tell the story that Adam Cole loses the NXT Championship and then that's when Roddy's like, but do you remember when you were having a go at me about being the weak link? You're now the weak link. And you could use that to separate Adam Cole out from the Undisputed Era. You could use it to separate Roddy for a bit. You could have a new fourth man so in guess, the group. Yeah, this is it. There's a little because I think at some point, like the, the, this new era of NXT on USA has been defined by the Undisputed Era being the top faction and the top guys. So to cause friction amongst them is probably the next story. Yeah, because them just being on the same page all the time as heels is kind of boring. I know what you mean, boring. but 
but we're so used to seeing them now for so long. I guess is the thing. I, I would like to see. I would like to see them go up as a faction, because generally speaking, generally speaking, I think. Speaking, I think back together again. But I think generally speaking, do what got you to the dance, mm. and I think, you know, they've all got the gold now. Ultimately, they need to find a way of engineering a strong way for them to essentially lose it all and go up. And I think they should go up in such a way that they bring some muscle with them. Mm-hmm. And I do think, just because of their size, I think they need some muscle. I think uh, a Keith Lee turn would be perfect for that. I just think he has the... he Even even though he's a baby face, I do think he's, his attitude, he has got a, he's got a swagger to him. He's he's definitely I mean, aggressive basking, and basking cocky. My glory, is yeah, ego. he's cocky. Yeah, he, I like and I like that about him. And I think he, and I think he's the kind of person who, he's a good promo, but I think he, I think he could, I think his character is like perfect sort of, uh, perfect sort of proving ground would be being in the Undisputed Era, like a bit like with Roddy. You know, Roddy didn't find himself really as a character until he joined the Undisputed Era. Yeah. I think Keith Lee is sort of so close to being like them anyway that he could really. That go would, that would let him, extra distance, yeah, yeah, and really bring that character out of him. I, I personally would like to see that, and I don't. Maybe that does involve them losing a member, mm. trading a member for Keith Lee, and that becomes a reason that you know Cole loses the title or Roddy loses the title, whatever. But I do think that's what I do think they do need to come up as a group, ideally mm. with some some muscle. skip on and go on with the rest of the show so the show opens with a recap of last week and the OC coming down and taking on Champa, Riddle and Lee and obviously Finn Balor's involvement in the end of that match we then get an amazing match between Angel mm. Garza versus Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight Championship this match had me jumping out of my seat it's great with, like it's so good it's so worth seeking out to watch this if you haven't seen it already um, Leo uh, Garza comes out is all swagger uh, his music's great Gets a kiss off a of granny. Leo comes out. His family are in the audience, like his his two sons and his wife and his mum and his stepmom and apparently his grandma's there. Yeah, as well, yeah. flew in from <laughs> the like whole crowd is just something. Leo Rush's family. Um, and People I, from England was it or something at some point? Yeah, I think his step family. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I I just thought was really nice. But the match itself is just incredible. Some of the stuff mm. they get up to, and there's so many like near falls, like just some of the. Um, there's a bit where Leo goes for his. Uh, it's called the come up. The it's like the, the wrecking Bounces. ball drop kick bounce yeah. back thing where he catches him in a cutter. He goes to do that, and Angel Garza just nails him in the back of the head with a double uh, drop. Kick. I mean, luckily Leo rushes so flexibly. He really takes it and like goes right forward like a car crash. Yeah, that he was, himself. It's yeah, like, it's a, it's an amazing spot. Yeah. Uh, there was also he, he misses. Uh, Garza then misses a springboard moonsault and Leo hits this sort of swinging net breaker, uh, gets shoved down while going up the turnbuckle and Garza then hits a like fall away moonsault oh, power slam that was huge. thing that was popped the crowd massively. Yeah. Like there were so many good little spots in this. Turning that, like, the... You know, can't go through all of them. Yeah, but. at one point Leo Rush goes to dive in the middle of the ropes and Garza power slams on the ramp. Oh yeah. You know, just... Yeah, just yeah. flips him over immediately. They're, they're, Great like, match. Both guys put everything out there, I think. For interesting, interesting with Angel Garza, uh, Angel Garza, because it was only, what, three or four weeks ago that all his, the promos for him, the, the interstitial things were, you know, this is a, a 
from a wrestling, wrestling, wrestling legendary wrestling, wrestling family. Yeah. You know, he's doing it for his family. He's doing it. You know, he's doing it for all the right reasons. Like super babyface, mm -hmm. and then. Every time he's come out, he's been much more heelish and cocky, and I'm just a very sexy man. And yeah. take my trousers off in front of your wife. Yeah, so like he goes, he goes into like, the crowd and takes his trousers. So I'm off glad they've settled into this part of his character because I yeah. think he's great at this. He also, re I realise now who he looks like. Yeah, Colin Farrell. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, he looks loads like Colin Farrell. Mm. <laughs> I, I think he's got like he's there is you know an Eddie Guerrero style swagger to this guy. I think, mm. and he's got like. And I think, obviously, WWE probably just go like, yes, exactly. But it, mm. it's that he's just got this presence about him. And this match put him over, even in a loss, put him over massively. Because it, it felt like I genuinely bought into the idea that Angel Garza could win it. Like, oh, like, gotcha. Multiple yeah, yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So there's, a bit, there's a bit towards the end where um, Leo hits the come up, finally, after teasing it for the whole match. And then he keeps hold of Garza's head in like a cravat. And he goes, then slaps him and then goes for it again, but gets caught coming back up. And Garza hits the wing clipper, his like Whatever rampage DDT thing. And it's a super close two. Mm. And I was like, is this, you know, is this the end of, is this the, end of the match? Because then he tries to like get him up. And I was like, is he actually, he tries to get him on the second rope to do one, like an avalanche do a big version. one, yeah. And then it's like a, a Rana out of that. Leo hits the, um, the final hour, uh, frog splash gets close to hits another one as Garza comes up and then the end of the match Leo rolls him up there because Garza was climbing up the ropes to get to his feet and Leo hits the final hour as he's doing that Garza collapses but Garza's foot's on the rope at two mm. ref doesn't see it and the ref doesn't see it so then he counts the three Leo wins but Garza's like now dude I will say that I don't think it ever works when the you give ostensibly you la you have the heel get that sort of mm -hmm. you know that should be the other way around. I think it, but I think normally N NXT has done it before uh, with like they did it with the undisputed era and the uh, blind tag in the street profits uh, match. Yeah, I believe yeah. like NXT will play into that, and I think it works if the person's over enough. I don't because I don't think Gaza's like he's cocky. I don't think he's like. Out and out here. Mm. I just, I do, yeah, I do think. I guess he's a bit of a show off and a bit of, you know. Yeah, it is with it. It's sneaky. I, I don't think I'm. Uh, I'm not a fan who kind of looks at everything through like the old school lens. I think I'm. Yeah. I think I'm not like that at all. But the one, the one thing I do for some reason just care about is I do really care about who's a heel and who's a face. Yeah. I just think it's really important for storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes, sometimes playing with that, it's just kind of like there's a million things you could do. Mm. So I just don't get why you would do this one. Well, the reason we do that is because then we elongate this feud. Yes, and I know that. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm keen, like, you know, I, I think they don't want to... It's a tricky position because they, Leo Rush made his big return to NXT and he was saying, you know, the whole time that he was getting told off on Raw and stuff was because he was saying, you know, I, I should be in the ring. I could be a future star. And Leo Rush's comeback in NXT has been the story of, you know, Triple H turning to him and saying, okay... Well, show me what you got. So mm. they're not going to take that away from him now because it's only no, been it's this just, is his first. This is his first defense as well. Yeah. Like he's had two matches against Raúl Mendoza on yeah. uh, two hundred five that they they flagged up. But like, yeah, this is this is kind of the big proving session for him as champion, and that's why you know his family's been flowing yeah. and stuff. So, um, but he didn't. But ultimately, he didn't actually win. 
technically. Technically not. But then and, we get and so that's was kind of like it's a bit frustrating. It's a bit it's a bit odd. Because like, now what do you do? If, so if now if the I next think you one, book it for takeover. But if you do the rubber match, and which they're obviously going to have to do, you know, uh, if Leo loses, then he's he looks weak. Yeah. Because he he because then then it's like well you didn't win the first time either. If Andrew Garza loses, well then he was just. He wasn't. He wasn't ever going to win. Do you know what I mean? It's just. It's just. It's just a, it's a, it's a slight. I'm reading too much into it. I know. Yeah. I think. But. I think it will work. And I. Th- I think it's a. It's a quick way to book a match for a takeover if that's what they're going to do with it. Yeah. And I. Th- I. I think you know when when you've got literally in one of your matches all of your men's champions except Leo Rush. Yeah. Yeah. You probably need you have a Leo to, Rush yeah. match on this takeover. I love seeing Leo Rush back in the ring as well. He's yeah. just. He just shouldn't be someone's manager. <laughs> he's yeah. too good. Like, he's. He is. Really he's, good. I love his his final hour splashes awesome mm. you know um yeah I love the matrix he does a matrix escape at the beginning of this yeah, and like, yeah. um, like slides under the arm and yeah. then pops up at the other end it's i think his offense is really cool yeah he's really and cool these two work together brilliantly as well so yeah. I, would, I would love to see them have the the scope and the yeah you know what will they do on a takeover because this obviously was a, an amazing opening match for this show but when they go when they're going to go let's turn that up to 11 on a takeover to open War Games say if, if it's not going to be the War Games match opening the show what will they do mm. yeah, um, exciting after that uh, the, then before the break we saw Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley uh, down outside full sound started the whole sort of what's happening on the women's side mystery we've got a brilliant recap package of uh, what Baszler was doing when she was on her sabbatical to Raw and oh, Smackdown yeah. uh, showing up in Becky Lynch's sit down interview attacking Sasha Banks and Bailey at the end of a match we then got Zia Lee versus Aaliyah and the first nose break first nose break of the evening, evening yeah this was it was a perfectly fine match really there's not there's not a huge deal to say about this they seem to be pushing up uh, the, the reason I wasn't so sure that this was like a legit nose break was because I just thought they were putting over Zia Lee quite hard yeah here. I don't know because when they like I didn't think she, I didn't think Aaliyah was like bleeding and then no. when, they, when um, they had a doctor run down they had someone run down from the back holding like an ice pack I was like is there just like a blood capsule in that because then she was sort of dabbing at herself yeah, I don't, so it seemed like, like a, it looked like a work, but then I think afterwards people have said it's, it's yeah, not. Yeah, so. she said on Twitter that um, she has broken her nose. Mm. But I think, yeah, it was just odd because uh, did it happen with the finishing kick? Is that I what think did? so, yeah. Because I think just from the camera angle, it didn't look like a hit her in the face. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, didn't, I just thought she was just selling. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it sort of didn't realize. It might have happened mm. even before then. We just didn't realize. But yeah, it was. It was an okay. It was an okay match. It was quite, it was kind of. It was quite a flat little hook kick as well. Mm. Like Zaylee's little like. Yeah. Like heel kick to the face. Yeah. It, it was. Zaylee's got. I love, love Zaylee's kicks. I love her offense. Yeah. There was quite a few. There was quite a few sort of whiffed kicks in this throughout. Mm. Um, they didn't have like the greatest chemistry. chemistry, and I think this is the point where you realize. Um, you do get reminded every again that you know this is still also a developmental territory, yeah, yeah. and they are and there are still developmental developmental matches on here. Yeah, uh, but I think um, did now did we see Alia before when she was did she used wrestling um, progress at all? I don't know. Do say, no, I think I feel like we've seen it as a as a like a another we might have seen her somewhere before mm. uh, in the UK somewhere. But I think she's got a cool character. I like her team that she's got. I think they're, they're yeah they're good backstage. Uh, I think Zaylee's offense is really cool. Um, so yeah, they've both got a lot of potential. I think I, it's you know obviously early days for both of them. I think I, th- I thought it was overall it was good. It just had a few kind of odd timing moments. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they need to decide. Like I think Aaliyah has been earmarked clearly, and Vanessa Bourne have been earmarked as um, 
enhancement talent kind of vibe for a long time now. Yeah. But Zia Lee, I, I would like them to decide what they're going to do with her because she's been floating around in NXT for quite a while just having this match where yeah. she comes out, does the chance, and there's no story, there's no progression. She just gets a win. And it's like, I get that some people will always be in that position, but it would be interesting Like it would be interesting to see Zia Lee at least, I don't know, step up the next level of competition yeah. and see what she can do if she was against a... Uh, Bianca Belair. Yeah, and I think that the, something they've. This is the second week in a row now because it happened with the match last week as well, the women's sort of singles match, which was that the commentators from earlier started saying, you know, these, they're both hoping to impress Shayna Baszler. Maybe they still could get in the slot, which I understand why they're saying that, but also I'm just kind of like, we we. It's so it's, obvious that that's what this is for. It's not going to be a like, year, is I it? I think yeah, and I just <laughs> but also I think put it back in the cupboard. But I think it's also good. It would be better for them to say. Now, of course, with war games coming up, there will be a there'll be a vacuum for the contenders. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of top there's contenders. There's a lot of matches. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a vacuum for the top contender spot. So I think you could start plugging that. Even if again, it's just for the sake of giving some stakes to match for no reason. Mm-hmm. If they were saying instead, you know, that they're all hoping that after war games they're going to be next in line, and this is the time to this is the time to show yourself yep. to be a next contender. I think that's a much better reason to have these matches than. Oh please, Shayna. Yeah, you know that's, when Zaylee's a face as well. Yeah, right. exactly. So I think I do think that's a bit of an error on their part. I think that's that's not the best reason for these two to have a match. No, they are just having a match at the end of the day. We then got a Killian Dane versus Pete Dunne package, and then we saw Killian Dane uh, trying to warm up his broken fingers backstage. Then Finn Balor's music hits, and he wanders out doing the whole "I've got a new entrance," which is just about me. It's all about me. I like it. And who's <laughs> which guy's got two fingers and a new entrance? This, this guy. guy. I like that angle they do seeing his logo. And he's doing above. the fingers yeah. thing. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I really liked it. So Finn's, Finn starts cutting a promo. He says, is this it? Is this what NXT is now? What happened to this place? What happened to the business? I used to be proud of this place, but now it's a joke. You've got guys like Johnny Gargano, the heart of NXT, who's still sore about something that happened yeah. three weeks ago. Um, and then he starts going... You know, he said, when I left, a bunch of little boys moved in. And don't get me started on that Matt Riddle chat because he got a slap last week and he's now hurting. Riddle slides into the ring behind him and they start brawling. Uh, Riddle's mostly on top for this brawl. It's like, it's very much Riddle in control. They go outside on the barricade. Riddle does his big sort of chest kick and Mm. sends Balor flying over the thing. Balor just runs. Yeah, Riddle gets on the mic and says... Listen here, you putts. Like, yeah, I'm, I didn't, I'm I didn't, waiting for you. That, 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 was, that, was, that was suffering succotash territory. Yeah. It's not, that, that insult could have gone. You can't run forever, you putts. But also, but like. You dirty red. Yeah. That's not really what a putts is mm. for a start. But I like the fact that he did that in front of a very clear channel between the barrier and the crowd mm. that he could have just walked up to Balor and hit him anyway he's like yeah you come back here it's like you could just walk there I haven't got my flip flops on <laughs> yeah, I took yeah. my outdoor shoes off yeah yeah. Uh, yeah that was a bit that was a bit odd but I like I like the build that they're both having I like yep. sort of um, uh, I guess Riddle it's funny Riddle has sort of found himself nearly in about three feuds yeah and at some point they've just sort of gone well, just have a match with Balor. Mm-hmm. That'll be the feud. Yeah, you know. But there's but no. Is this, because, is this something to do with Gargano? Is this a replacement? This, this, is, a, this for is the thing. I do like... think this is. This all does seem slightly oddly placed. Yeah. I'm perfectly happy for it to happen, 
But there doesn't seem to be any particular reason it's happening. Yeah, it's got kind of injured. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Um, I Do you know what I mean, though? It's, yeah. Riddle sort of nearly had a feud for... Like, with a few people, yeah. With a few people, and he's never, he's never quite... He's, but he's a good showcase match guy, and that's yeah. that's what this whole thing kicks off into. Because then the undisputed era come out, and they say like, "Oh, you just made a big mistake, Riddle, coming out here." Because now we've got you in the ring, and you saw what we did on Raw, you saw what we did on SmackDown. We are the most dominant force, not just in NXT, in all of WWE. But then when they get in the ring to try and beat Riddle down, um, the uh, Champa comes out, as does Keith Lee. They get in the ring and they start having this sort of war of words with the Undisputed Era. And I think Lee cuts across it amazingly <laughs> as they're doing this promo about how they're the most dominant force in WWE. Lee just goes, I don't give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, I like it. He chose his words very carefully at this yeah. point. Yeah. Go on. What, he go says, on, you... get your asses in the ring. Uh, well, I was going to say, because he I says. a little appreciation, though, and he puts over Adam Cole. Well, this is. So, yeah. So he says. Uh, you know, credit. It says something like "credit where credit's due." You, uh, you beat Daniel Bryan. Yeah, you know, and you didn't back down from. And Seth you Rollins. did. I just thought it was a very carefully worded phrase. You yeah. didn't back down from Seth Rollins. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't back down yeah. from Seth Rollins, who's very scary. Yeah, he's a big mean man. So well, congratulations I mean, on that. A referee <laughs> called off a whole match with Seth Rollins yeah. because he used a hammer. Yeah, that's true. So you I, know. I like how I like the way Lee sort of strode forward to. to <clears throat> Say no, I'm going to talk now. Oh, he's the promo man, and I think he's yeah. much he's much more suited to that like to that role, and it and it builds to an exciting moment because like he's saying to Cole, like you know, feel free to step in the ring whenever you want to. I'm right here. Yeah, Roddy cuts across, and he's doing amazing, snarky Roddy I, Strong. Petulant, petulant Roddy Strong is the best. It's so things. good because he says, "You shut, you shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut it." This man deserves respect. Yeah. He, he's been on Raw. He's been on SmackDown. He's been on NXT. He deserves a night off. Yeah. He's like Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, he is. But, I like, but it, the combination of him doing that with Fish in the background. Just oh, going, so... Yeah, you tell him, Roddy. Yeah. Like, you uh, see it also with Fish, like... So when uh, Keith Lee drew the line in the mm. ring with his foot, was like, come on then. And Fish was going, yeah, we'll, we'll cross that line. <laughs> we'll cross that line. Yeah, we'll cross that line. <laughs> Slapping back the whole <laughs> yeah. time. I, I think as a foursome, they're, they're amazing. They're all so they're, good. And they're, like, they're so funny at putting over just how, petulant, how silly like, and petulant yeah. and petty they are. Um, so, yeah. That's that's it. Uh, Lee draws a big line in the sand with his feet. Fish says, "We'll cross that line." Riddle takes off Lee's jacket and like, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> so then the undisputed era go to get off the apron and to end going into the break. Lee just walks up, grabs Roddy, and just chucks him into the <laughs> ring. It's like, well, we're having this match now, whether you like it or not. Surprise, surprise! Back from the break, the match is on. Um, this was about Lee being in control for most of the match and mm. Roddy trying to survive. The, the, the story they were telling on commentary as well was that for every four moves that Roderick Strong hits, Lee hits one and it's just as devastating. Yeah. And I really, really liked it. I thought there was some really fun stuff they were doing. There was a bit where like Roddy had this huge flurry of moves and Lee just hits him with a grizzly magnum out of nowhere, oh, knocking him back. Roddy bounces off, hits a knee, and then Lee ends up in the ropes and Roddy starts doing his running forearms off the, you know, across the ring. And as he comes up back off like the third one or whatever, Lee just nails him with an yeah. inside-out clothesline. Yeah. The, um, the drop kick, he goes for a sick kick and Lee swats him out of the air with the Grizzly Magnum as yeah, well, which I just that, thought was awesome. The mid-air, yeah, I always forget, like, I forgot, I always forget that he calls the... Because um, in commentary, they keep calling it the palm strap, but it is the Grizzly Magnum. Is that, mm -hmm. is, uh, he's yeah. given that the name. Right? So, he, yeah, he hits that and you just see... First of all, the noise is like a gun going off. Yeah. But you just see the sweat just go off of Roddy mm. it's, it looked 
it just looks so painful. Yeah, I, got, I can't. I got slapped by Rampage Brown yesterday, and I was wearing a t-shirt. I can't yeah. imagine what it feels like being yeah. slapped by Keith Lee, yeah. two-handed on your chest yeah. in midair. And also, Rampage Brown barely touched you. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't trying. He, he was uh, like, "I'm just." And gonna he still nearly caved you your chest job. in. <laughs> I'm still hurting today. Yeah, um, um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and then like so, the the match goes on. Roddy hits the like amazing superplex off the top, yeah. which I think defies the laws of physics. I mean, that's how good that's how good Keith Lee is. He's he's so big, but I guess he's he I mean he's six two, mm-hmm. so he's not massively tall, but he's so big and so athletic that you know he can from the second rope just launch himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and Roddy is obviously also a great athlete as well, and I just think. You know, he's able to just make everyone else look so good through being able to. You know, it makes Rudder look superhuman for being yeah. able to do it to him. And I just thought, yeah, Keith Lee's just so he can he can have such great chemistry with so many different kinds of wrestlers. Mm. You know, he can he can just play the big guy like in this one. He was just sort of playing the big man. Yeah, you know, a lot more. And I do think they didn't do a lot of his flippy stuff. Or no, like which that. I think to be fair, you know, as much as I'm kind of, I like his flippy stuff and I like seeing that, but I think actually. They're right to just sort of just to bring it out. Don't to bring it you out. Bring it out when it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And here, the st- and that wasn't the story here. The story here wasn't that like Lee needs to, like Lee didn't need to go like the the flips and stuff is like Lee going to a level. Yes. Like he's going up a level to match somebody else. Whereas here, because he was in control, he didn't even need to get out of like like second gear. Mm. Was kind of the point. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um. So anyway, after that big inside out clothesline that Lee hits, that just flips Roddy's world upside down. The rest of the Undisputed Era come down, but Champa and Riddle cut them off on the way to the ring and start beating people up. Cole super kicks Champa. Riddle chucks Fish over the steps and dives onto him with a forearm. But as he does that, Balor runs down. He hits the sling blade on Riddle as he stands up. Um, double stomps him on the floor and then does the shotgun drop kick into, into the, the, or the John yeah. Woo or whatever it's called, into the yeah. stairs, which is awesome. Uh, this all distracts Keith Lee, who I I was like, oh, okay, so it's another distraction finish for the Undisputed Era. So like Roddy then hits a jumping knee to the face in the Olympic Slam, but Keith Lee kicks out too, mm. and then that allows him to get up. Um, he ducks a kick, rolls him up a bit, and then puts him in the limit breaker and gets one, two, three. Mm. So that to me, the story that I'm reading here is that post War Games, Keith Lee must be in line for a one-on-one North American title shot. Yeah, that's kind of the connection I drew. Mm. Um, and I thought, I, I always, I love his finisher. Mm. It's perfect for him, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's like, uh, yeah. Jack Hammer, yeah. Dubry. Um, yeah, I, I think, and I think that makes total sense. I think it makes mm. perfect sense. Um, I'd love to see more of that match. I would love to see, yeah. like, like I said, that I think the, you know, they did well in the first match they had as well. If, if you are building to this match at some point, they did well in the first match where it was the Jack Lee, and Roddy match to keep Roddy out of the mix so you don't waste all of the potential of Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong yeah. or Dijak versus Roderick Strong in a one-on-one environment. And it, they just concentrated on Lee and Dijak doing their thing, mm. um, which I think will also play into the War Games match because after yeah. after this moment where Lee picks up the win, um, everything breaks down. Um, Undisputed Era jump Lee and Champa. Riddle's completely taken out because of Balor's interference. So it becomes a four-on-two beat-down brawl. Um, but who comes out to make the save? But Dominic Dijakovic, who seemingly takes ages to get to the ring. I think he does his full entrance quietly. Because <laughs> uh, the crowd were already like, char- they were trying yeah. to feast your eyes. And I was like, where is he? And then they cut to him and he does his 
onto the top rope thing that he does, which is a really cool part of his entrance. Mm. But he did like he did that to get into the ring. And he handily dispatches the entire mm. Undisputed Era. He tips Roddy out. He hits a double choke slam on Red Dragon. And then he catches Cole's super kick and puts him straight into the feast your eyes. Yeah. And it's just, I just thought this was such a great little, like, uh, addition to this squad. When I, when I was thinking, like, oh, I was going to be Champa, Riddle, Lee, and Dijak, I was like, that is a cool team. And I can't yeah. wait to see what they do. Um, so Postal, like, scaring off the Undisputed Era... Um, Dijak goes over to Champa, shakes his hand, seemingly joining the team. He says, if you're going to war, count me in. Mm-hmm. Um, shakes his hand. He's part of the team. Turns to just like leave and just walks straight into Lee, who's already staring him down. And then Lee offers the handshake. They shake hands. It's a big heartwarming moment. Everyone was going, hug it out. Yeah, yeah. Hug it well, out. Because it's great because their rivalry has been just a proper rivalry. Yeah. There's, no been, there's not been any... You did this to me, so whatever. It's just been no. We're just competing to be the best crazy it's athletic kinda, big guy. It <laughs> like, kind of feels like Sheamus and Cesaro's feud, where they did the best of seven or whatever mm. it was, and that turned into people wanting to see them together. Yeah, and like people yeah. like you know. Actually, I just I think you've just earned enough mutual respect here that you could just be mates. Yeah, and you could be a team. Like they could they yeah. could go on to be a tag team. If so they this thing, to. That's, that's the one thing I don't want to see them as tag team. I think they I think they they could both thrive on the main roster yeah I think they could just I think they could orbit each other yes forever it's, it feels like that sort of like I think in the same way that Champa and Gargano have that chemistry that like I think their careers will always forever mm. kind of orbit yeah, each other yeah because you think you know you could be looking at a year's time and let's say they're going to have a match at a big pay-per-view you know you can still be playing stuff from PWG mm-hmm. you know yeah. of them having these these sort of legendary matches. I think I think you're right. I think they've they've got enough history now that they can just sort of semi regularly into like intersect with each other mm-hmm. and either have matches or have alliances or and not. people go I think people go crazy for that. And so then uh they shake and that's kind of what leads us into the break. Uh we found out later that in the sort of break, uh WWE.com exclusive, as they're walking up the ramp, Riddle says to them all, um, I actually just want a match with Balor, so I'm quitting the team. Mm-hmm. This is then this is then announced later in the show that says like um, Matt Riddle's taken out of the match and Dijak is taking his place. So there is still a place open on Team Champa, which feels like it's tailor made for Johnny Gargano. But yeah, you uh, know, yeah. Sometimes you you know it'll be very satisfying if it is, but I think sometimes you can almost um, I guess signpost it a bit too much. Yeah, I'd love it to be. I'd love it to be a surprise. And they could yeah. you could have also just left out the. You could have announced the riddle match and had him doing double duty and then taking him out of the War Games match or whatever, like on the night even. So yeah. he was too injured to compete, and so we've signed up. Yeah, we've signed up Johnny instead. It just feels like, it feels like Johnny has been mentioned so much in the Balor promos that it seems more likely he will. Well, I felt uh, that was more the feud they were building. To. I, was like, I, I wanted well. to see Johnny versus Balor at Takeover, but maybe they've decided that's too big a match to just do as Balor's first feud. Well, maybe Johnny is injured. Yeah, maybe Johnny is injured. But I don't know. Yeah, it just seemed like... Yeah, it seemed, that seems we'll a little... We'll be getting super chats telling us that he is, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, so after that, we see uh, that there was more happening backstage after the break. Duke and Shafira down outside the arena, as is Candice. Scarlett Bordeaux was weirdly there. Triple H is out there asking for security. We then go into a match versus uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Bronson Reed. Um, this it was wasn't just, ex- just a match. It was It was just a match. It wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. They had some good this, spots. This is the point where I really noticed also that there was like a couple of front row CM Punk t-shirts. 
Oh, really? and I was like, oh, okay. So I kept noticing. So the, he's allowed back on the air, yeah, is he yeah, now? Yeah. I kept noticing the guy dressed as Hulk Hogan who just wasn't really, he just sat down the whole time. But normally the guy who's, guys who dress up like that are quite like, oh, me. But the whole time he was just kind of just, he was just sat, relaxed, watched. I don't even think he knew he was dressed mm. up. Post-controversy Hulk yeah, Hogan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a very specific era yeah. of Hulk Hogan. Um, this match was like, it was all about mutual respect and it was just two guys going out there and doing their specific mm. things. And, and Nigel said it quite brilliantly in the beginning that it was like, it was size and power versus speed and adaptability or uh, creativity, I think yeah. he said. Not, Bronson not being as hard-hitting. It was, it was a shame, actually. It was like, Bronson wasn't as hard-hitting as I like to see him being mm. and sort of Scott wasn't quite as... Flippy, flippy and fast as we know. Yeah, it was a, it was a, that was a slightly it was a good match. I enjoyed it, but there's it a lot of sitting on him. The sitting was good. I like that. Yeah, the bun, the buns I drops. And yeah, the, I like yeah. the bit where he came off the ropes and re- literally just sat on him for like yeah, a yeah. good thirty seconds. Yeah, it was a good match. And I think I think it's these, a weird to have, these are two these are two talents. Have it. Yeah, exactly. These are two talents that are obviously kind of in that um, developmental space on the NXT roster. Not as in their not as in like their developmental as in like. NXT is good at keeping their, you know, yeah. sort of lower mid card looking competitive, looking strong. They, you know, they give them, they don't give them, you know, nothing matches. You yeah. know, you know. I think, I think this. Well, was... Scott had a match against Roddy. That yeah, exactly. Made him look really good. He's he's won in a few on the trot. Like, I think Swerve's looking like someone who's going to be a big deal on NXT. Yeah, I think Bronson Reed will find himself. You yeah. Know, up the, up the, you know, when whenever this, whenever. <laughs> I think what's quite obvious is whenever this current crop of the top of the mm. the um, system goes up to the main roster in any kind of sort of large way, whether it's the whole of the Undisputed Era or whether that's, you know, Lee and Riddle or whoever, whoever, whatever combination of people they decide are going to go up, mm-hmm. it does feel like they're quite well set up now for, for the likes of, you know, Scott and Bronson, those that in that level to kind of... Angel Garza. To start filling the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got I, a lot of people on the back burner. And I yeah. think this felt like a sort of maybe 50% of what they could do match. It was that sort oh, of... Oh, yeah. It had yeah. that feeling. And it was like, there was a few teasers of big things that I was like, oh, my God. And no, then he was going to do... Look, he was going to do like a tombstone, tombstone off yeah. the top. And then, and then Swerve flips out of that, hits a kick, and then does a DDT. But basically, by that time, Bronson's already on the floor. So it wasn't even like an elevated yeah. DDT. It was like everything was almost... It was like they were saving it for something, but you don't know what they're saving it for. I felt the finish fell a little bit flat as well because it was just the um, it's the house call he calls it, isn't it? Which is the sort of jumping spin kick, the sort of like back kick to the back yeah. of the head kind of thing. It's a bit strange. I, I love Bronson's finisher, the the Amori driver. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, 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 it's, called, it's like almost a dead eye, but it's but yeah, it's basically an unprotected dead eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that I got close to. And then, yeah, so Scott uh, comes through looking for Hokarana, gets caught, goes for a triangle, gets picked up into a powerbomb. He kicks out of that, like flips out of that. He hits kicks, a sunset flip, dodges the bonsai drop, and then does this house call kick, and it's one, two, three. And I just felt that like it was like that wasn't quite as impactful a finish as I wanted. But it was, it no, was a it was perfectly match. fine match. Yeah. They shook hands. They both looked like good competitors. I'm just... Still waiting for the Swerve story to begin. Yeah, because I think he's had so much. He's so charismatic, and um, really got like a presence to him that from the like when from the moment he was sort of in the breakout tournament, I was like, I was so surprised they didn't do anything with him in the breakout tournament and yeah. push him further through it. Um, so yeah, I would really, really like to see them, like you know, actually turn up 
on him and be like, let's, mm. let's actually put this on the boil now rather yeah. than like keeping it on the back burner. Are they good? I think, you know, they're having these matches like this. I think this will develop, maybe not necessarily these two specifically, but they'll develop a feud of some description. Mm. You'll start seeing, I'd, I'd like to see, you know, um, Scott get a bit of, as well, Scott get a bit of promo time. Yeah. Do a bit of talking. Um, he's got a great personality. So yeah, I, yeah, it just seems this is a very serviceable encounter. What do you think about the thick logo on the old single? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Just, uh, well, fair enough. Not a fan? Not massively, no. Mm, okay. It's not I really, understand. It's not really my thing. But I can't uh, say I'm particularly passionate about it. No, no. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Yeah, it's okay. Resident thick boy. Anyway, uh, then Kathy Kelly's up in the weird crow's nest thing. She says that everyone's on high alert after all the attacks, as you can no doubt imagine. Says that Finn Balor will take on Matt Riddle at TakeOver War Games. He will be taken out of the War Games match and replaced with Dijak, so there's still one spot left on Champa's team. It's also announced... I don't know if it was announced here or if it was announced later that Adam Cole will be taking on Dijak in a ladder match um, to decide the advantage in the War Games match. I think it might have been announced slightly later on. Oh, really? Why yeah. have they put Cole in that? Uh, just because it's Cole, isn't it? I, they've, they've done this a few times. I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally regularly put the champion and leader of the group, of the cocky, petulant mm. group, in the match. He would. I think he would send... Roddy. But Roddy's already done a match, so... Well, then put Carl O'Reilly in. Yeah. Or Bobby Fish. I don't really... Yeah, I... I they don't necessarily like matches where Fish and O'Reilly are separate, though. I know. I don't know why. Um, you Carl's know... matches in progress are really good on his own. But also, like, Carl O'Reilly did have quite a few singles matches, but only when Fish was injured. As soon as Fish came yeah. back, he wasn't allowed to have singles matches I anymore. mean, to be fair, they probably said there's a ladder match for the North... Amer there's a ladder match for the Advantage in War Games, and Kyle O'Reilly remembers the last ladder match he was in and went... Nah, <laughs> no, yeah, my know. back has barely recovered. Yeah, I just, I think, it's, I think it's a difficult it's line. Okay, to, Carl, you've done your time. Yeah, I think it's a difficult line to toe to, to be on the one hand, we're the cocky heels who like to gang up and win by any means necessary, and we're all about the gold, and then also be, you know, I'm going to do this on my own. Don't worry, guys, I've got this unnecessarily dangerous match just before a big thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I feel like, like you should send, like and also, 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 like, let's not. You know, let's not uh, lose opportunities to put put over other members of the Undisputed Era. You yeah, know, I think also because they can all be helped by like, yeah, there's going to be interference yeah, in this match, like in that, without a doubt. Yeah, and the same way, like I don't know why Shayna had that match last week. Mm. Why didn't? What, do you know what I mean? See, I think they needed a bit more. Like, no, no, we're the captains and the leaders. We send you to do our work for us. There needs we're to be the final little, bosses. Yeah. yeah. It needs to be a little bit more of that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we then got a Forgotten Sons promo where they say they're the savages of NXT and they've got a lot of... Beards. Of them. They've got a lot of beards. They're standing in some sort of mechanics yard, motorbike thing, Sons of Anarchy, Mayans, that's on USA, yeah. something, something, TV show tie-in down the line. I don't know. Forgotten Sons. Anyway, then we get Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane, or do we? Because as Killian Dane makes his entrance... Damien Priest, Killian Dane, Damien Priest, attacks... Punishment uh, Martinez. Punishment Martinez attacks him on the ramp. Uh, Priest then calls out Pete Dunne and they brawl. Uh, Dane then rushes in and I was like, oh, this, this is a War Games triple threat being set up, surely. Like, this, mm. this must now be a War Games triple threat. Uh, security comes, drags them apart. Security, annoyingly, can't control things. They're then basically just holding Dunne still yeah. while, Day, uh, while uh, Damien Priest kicks his head off. Yeah. Um, he then, well, he's basically got the, the trouble in paradise, but he happens to be six foot six, six. Like six foot nine. Yeah, and just 
lifts one foot a yeah. tiny bit and just nails your face. Yeah, but the book security are basically holding him in there. He then beats up security, does a crucifix bomb on one of them to everyone on the outside, knocking down uh, Dunn and Dane and all of the security. Dunn and Dane then get up and they're sort of like I love this, by the way. This moment was great where they'd, they'd separately both had a fight with Damien Priest would then happen to be knocked out near each other. Both sort of get up and realise they're near each other and just start punching each other. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was a really funny, funny little moment. And so then Priest decides he's going to hit his like springboard tope, whatever that thing whatever is. it is, is him pretending he's Grand Metalik yeah. and does that. Uh, and he walks up the ramp, stands tall, and it's like, boom, Damien Priest is here. And he gets like big Damien Priest chants. Like, he looked great. He looked hair. amazing in this segment. And again, I... The transformation, I think, since, you know, I, ever, I think everyone was a little bit down on Damien Priest, the character, when he first re-debuted. Like, I was like, the, the vignettes and all that stuff for him, I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't really like the, the series of squash matches he had because they didn't show off what he could actually do. We hadn't seen enough Punishment Martinez in NXT anyway, really, to be, like, missing it. Um, so I just didn't really get who he was. Yeah. And then the Dunn match where he, you know kicked him in the balls and stuff that was suddenly where I was like oh okay I get who he is now and yeah. since then he's been rock solid I think they just tried to I, th- I do I will say until my dying day that changing his name from Punishment Martinez which is the best name of all time mm-hmm. was an error however I think they just made his character more subtle and more natural you know they were trying to really push that he was some sort of gothic mm-hmm. sex man and it was just like those sex characters th- I just don't think those characters sometimes it's funny isn't it with NXT like you know uh Sometimes fantastical characters like the Vaude villains hmm. get over really well in the NXT crowd because there's a sense of sort of irony there. It's just fun in the in the room. You know, there's the when when the, those those sort of things can really get over in in a, in a smaller venue. I think However, it plays into a style though because I think the Vaude villains at least their off their offense it. was like a side. But show I don't kind think boxing match. But I think that gothic vampiric sexy people in wrestling is such a done thing mm-hmm. that. The crowd never took to that as a thing. And I think that, yes, he still has that. He still talks about his... like, He looks like he runs the Vampire Club from Blade. Like, yeah. If you scan a UV light over him, you'd see the weird rune. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I think they just made it more subtle, a bit more in his natural wheelhouse. And it's just, it's just, it's just taken away that those yeah. weird questions. But I also think, yeah, but I also think, like, if you, you've been calling him the Archer of Infamy for the whole time. I don't understand that, which by the way. I do now. Like, the point was, the point was that he was kind of like... He's trying to become infamous through beating people like of a certain level, and it makes much more sense when he's going after Pete Dunne and Killian Dane, and you know, like like he said after the the match with Pete Dunne, is like, I'm going to take your reputation. I'm basically going to absorb oh, yeah, yeah. kind of the kudos for beating you. That all makes much more sense now. But like calling the Archer of Infamy and he's squashing some random dude, you're like, oh. yeah, yeah, that's true. Sorry, Raul Mendoza. You're, yeah. you know, you stop having to go around the second time you've done. No, that. I said you leave I, him I, alive. I mentioned Raul Mendoza's <laughs> name earlier. I don't think I've him. So then we get uh, Kathy Kelly interviewing Mia Yim and uh, Dakota Kai coming, saying she'll have her back. And then it was announced that Adam Cole would take on Dijak for, uh, for the War Games Advantage in a ladder match. And then it was Mia Yim versus Io Shirai in. I just can't believe they finished the match. Match. Hmm. And then a really fun, really fun ending. So overall, I think the episode of NXT this week was really, really good. I think it yeah. was like it had a very clear cut story running all the way through it that like things and tensions across the board in all the roster, I think across the whole roster, are sort of boiling over in the build up to War Games as everyone is itching to get their hands on each other. 
Um, and that was told in the Damien Priest, Killian Dane, Pete Dunne bit. It was told in the men's side with Champer and Roddy and Lee and Riddle and the rest of the Undisputed Era. It was told with Finn Balor coming out. It was told on the women's side of things with this whole everyone's been beaten up. And then the final match with Mia Yim and Io Shirai and the interference from Kaylee Ray. It just really felt like um, everyone is so ready for it to be war games. That yeah. I'm actually almost kind of like, I don't want next week. I don't I don't necessarily need an episode yeah. next week. I'd rather we just hop skip or we just it is, war games. It's now. two weeks, isn't it? It's, it's two, next weekend. Yeah. So it's, it's not this, not, got, not, not this more, weekend coming. We've got one more episode of NXT. Yeah. See, we were the same before we came on before we came on air to do this that it almost feels like they've got one week too many to build mm. all this. Like they've sort of stretched everything. I think I think by next week they would have sort of stretched everything to its limit. But clearly next week is going to have some sort of massive uh, announcement with the extra member of, of the uh, Keith Lee team. Mm-hmm. So they've saved the... So it won't matter because that, hopefully that'll be a massive thing. Yeah. No idea who that'll be. Can't be Johnny, because we've had a super chat in from Ryan Kester, who says, just to confirm via his Twitter, Gargano is out of a neck injury, and Pete said he can confirm he said he was heartbroken about missing takeover. Okay, so that's that's why the slightly rushed job will switch Riddle yeah. into that place. Who's it going to be? I think they'll bring someone down. I mean, maybe, you know what? Maybe they actually, just to continue it, It'll go no. Neville. No, 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 no. <laughs> Kenny Omega. It's Kenny Omega. <laughs> um, maybe just for the sake of... Okada. Just for the sake <laughs> of um, continuing it, just for its own sake, they could almost um, have AJ or one of the club turn up and just so they're there to have a thing with Bala at it some would be, point. It would be interesting to have like a, a ringer. In yeah. this like scenario, because I'm not necessarily sure who else. Triple H. <laughs> I mean, well, I've said it now. Why not? You've said it now. It's it's come to fruition. Say yeah. three times in a mirror, and he'll be the world champion. Yeah, That's yeah. what I've heard about Triple H. Um, so I think overall, I'd probably give that show a four out of five on the low scale of four, though, because I, I think while uh, the bookends of each, like, so the, the beginning and the end were great, and the middle section at this sort of one hour mark was also awesome. I thought some of the matches in the middle weren't everything they could have yeah. been. I think now they've gone um, longer on the format, you are starting to see that some of those developmental matches actually sometimes people should only get two minutes rather than four. Yeah. You know, I think that's it's not killing the show by any means. But no. I think this is again the same as last week. It just it just had a couple of slight momentum stops. So I I yeah, I'd give yeah. it like just below it's, a four. It's like high five. dip, high yeah. dip, high. And I would like to see a show that's much more just on a like a like a like a nice build yeah a nice yeah. build to something crazy um and i'm yeah i'm kind of interested to see what they do next week but i mm-hmm. i very much am in the mindset at the moment that maybe it should just be next weekend already and we should yeah. just be doing takeover now because i don't know what they're going to do with this uh, ladder match But it's time to get into the Super Chats before we close out the show. So let's see what people have been saying. Mundy says, what if they do a Bullet Club move? Uh, Balor beats Cole for NXT title. Cole leaves. Balor becomes the new leader and it becomes the undisputed Balor Club. Oh, and that's how you get Cole out. And that's how you get Cole out of the UE and that's how you get Balor in. I I could see some sort of war for control happening. Yeah, I think that may... I do think that 
doing the kind of leader switch thing in um, in wrestling fashions that they didn't that they sort of pioneered really in the Bullet Club, and that became such a thing in Bullet Club. Um, it's something that WWE haven't really ever done. No, you know, groups have disbanded. The leaders have, you know, like I mean, the one that comes to mind immediately for me is when. Um, uh, Triple H turned around the autumn whilst he was still in Evolution and kicked him out, you know. But they've never, there's not really been a proper mutinies. Yeah, like yeah. a mutiny, yeah. And I think, I think if the objective is that Adam Cole is going to go up as a singles competitor, then that's kind of the only way to do it. And I think that's the way that makes perfect sense. I mean, if they're already. But I would, I, my point is, I just wouldn't, I would add to the era and take them up. I wouldn't separate them. Yeah. Personally. I, I think I would put Balor in there first. I would put Balor in there first as like make it five man faction and run that for a bit and then do this is too this oh, is I just think they need muscle. I just think they just I think if the objective the objective of everyone there is to do, is to somehow do their act mm-hmm. on the main roster. I don't think they can do their act on the main roster without having the legitimacy of a big guy. I feel that they're much more likely to put Balor in with AJ and Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, but, but Jabala, I think they should do that. Yeah, because they've got because they've got. It plays on the 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 whole Japan stuff that he's been saying since he went back, like the whole "I'm returning to my past." Yeah, I think the only way, and also let's not forget, this is all kind of also in the we were only we probably only got about another what two two or three years left of AJ mm. before he goes down to a very very if not full retirement. Uh, part-time yeah. deal probably he's already said that hasn't he two, is it two he years still two yeah. or three I think the the only the best way he said to he do wants it, to retire in WWE yeah, so. I think the best way to do it is for him to be booted out of whatever version of the club exists at that moment by Balor give him, and that's, big, give him a big baby face run again yeah that's how, that's also that's how you give Balor a significant spot you know that's why you've learned the lessons and give him some muscle as well I just think that's that's all there ready to just pull the trigger on whenever yeah. whenever needs it's to. so simple the story because it's been told elsewhere before you just need to nick just it do it again all you need to do is plagiarize yeah. man like plagiar plagiarize yeah. um, Anton H says every week I look forward to how Gaza's pants come off yeah I think as does everyone yeah the most beautiful man in the world as Nigel McGuinness keeps calling him uh, Rex Joseph Calmerin also on the subject of Gaza's pants says Gaza's pants are cooler than Seth they are mm. <laughs> Seth has not been doing well at keeping his cool. Uh, Hellard247 says, don't want NXT UK, but felt like... Oh, don't watch NXT UK, but... Don't she, want it, mate. So don't, don't want, want it. it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's don't watch. Uh, don't watch NXT UK, but felt like she was a huge presence. And that's in reference to Kaylee Ray, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, we were talking about this before we came on because I, I haven't watched a lot of NXT UK, so I don't really know much about her. But yeah, she immediately comes across big and impressive straight yeah. away. She seems... She's suddenly... And immediately important. Yeah, I think you know. she's. I think she's awesome, Kaylee Ray. She had a really good match with Tony Storm to win the belt. I think she's been good as the champion. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm like excited to see what she'll do in the the War Games match. Yeah. And what what kind of role they'll give her because she's in there with like, you know, on, on I think in NXT's eyes, on her team are the three top women on the women's roster. Mm. In probably like the history since the four horsewomen left, I think mm. Bianca Belair and. Io Shirai, I think, are like the the two like in my head of like of recent NXT crop. These are the really big deals. Mm. Obviously, Asuka's gone now, but like, Asuka's yeah, I know you mean the only other person floating around there. Um, Justin Thomas says, "I will say this every day until I die: people need to stop sleeping on NXT, whether it's Full Sail or Barclays. They kill it." So that's yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, I absolutely agree. I think NXT, people need to start watching it and paying attention because I think, you know, Wednesday nights in wrestling is the best night of wrestling. Like, yeah, you know, it is, yeah. Every week, I, every week I read the review, like on the way in, I read the review of AEW, but haven't watched NXT and then I'll watch NXT and I'm always reading the AEW one being like, I hope NXT matches up. And every week I'm like, yeah, NXT smashed it. Mm. And I th- AEW maybe has been better the last couple of weeks, but their pay-per-view was closer. I mm. think NXT next... It's interesting, isn't it? I wonder, I wonder whether... I wonder whether... We do still consider them to be, them actually to be the rival Wednesday night shows. So is, does NXT does does mm. AEW still really view itself? And do and I think I I view it more. I think I've started to view it more in a kind of it's a main show rival more than an NXT rival now. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think that's necessarily the case on like ratings and stuff. Mm. That's just the, I don't know. That's, a, that's very much like a visual thing, an aesthetic thing. Uh, it's interesting how different. I bet I bet you different parts of the audience view very, it in I different ways. Very, I think they're very different shows. Yeah, um, I think they are. I think NXT is better for being in the smaller arenas. I think it feels yeah, I agree. more like it feels more uh, focused. Yeah, no, um, it is. Ralph Marion says, "Could Velveteen Dream be the fourth member of Champa's team?" Uh, Pete has clarified here, saying, "I believe both he and Gargano are injured, but you may be wrong." Well, to be honest, with thing with Velveteen, things if you're going to do the, let's just do a shock. Um, in- inclusion into a team like that you know Velveteen Dream would be someone who isn't very shocking mm-hmm. because he's just a popular person who who works for NXT do you know what I mean like that's yeah. not it's the wrong kind of shocking you know so I think they're, they're, I think they're going to pull someone from the main roster personally mm-hmm. um, and I'm, ju- I'm just I'm just trying to think who is it you know I mean could it be Daniel Bryan because mm. Colby Maybe I don't know, like. I think a big shock inclusion would be really fun and a good way to build, like to add a secret bit of Survivor Series build in there as well because it could be someone that someone on the other team is going up against the next night. Exactly. I think. I think it could be AJ. It could be Shinsuke. It could be uh, if Cole is Cole having a match. Yeah, Brock and is Cole again actually genuinely against Brock and the Fiend. Has that been announced? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not paying attention massively to the Survivor Series bill. <laughs> I'm a bit focused on war games. Uh, and then finally, Baron Von Huxhold says, DX excommunicated Shawn Michaels when he left with his back injury and when Triple H took over. If I'm wrong, let me know. I think, yeah, no, they did, but I don't think they ever, I'm not, I can't remember if they ever did a, I'm trying to think of the how they did the angle. He might be right. I, in my head, they did, I don't think they did a, a proper like, Beat down, kick out. Adam Cole angle. was killed. Yeah, Adam Cole was killed. Yeah, well, Adam Cole's still dead. dead. He's a dead man now, yeah. still. Um, yeah, I can't remember what. Yeah, I've, I've, I'll look it up. But yeah, I can't actually remember what the DX angle was when they when Shawn Michaels left originally. Yeah, I can't remember now. Well, we'll clarify some other time. Yeah. and come back to you. We won't. But I was because my know. instinct was that they didn't do that, and he, that they I like just to make left. promises I don't fulfill. Yeah, uh, my instinct. My instinct was in my head that that. Uh, that they didn't do a big kicking I think but actually now they've said it it's one of those like oh actually <laughs> I just had a false memory of that mm. um, yeah we'll look that up so we had a big return in our D&D session last night oh to my D&D yeah okay yeah uh, we did oh yeah see good well, memories well I don't remember anything that happens in our D&D sessions no this is a regular issue we have well, you didn't remember last night that uh, 
somebody. Well, I didn't remember we were playing last night before we left. <laughs> so for, no, there was that. So we didn't start off that. There was well. a point at which Luke knocked somebody down in the combat, like water whipped them to trip them up, and you had full advantage to just. I'd already run attacked over them. and poke poke them. I'd already attacked them when yeah. before he did that. Yeah. I knew they were there. Yeah, I know. And then you on the next turn, you just ran away. Well, because then the DM said, all oh, these other guys have turned up. One of them's right behind you and about to shoot you. Yeah. So I just totally blanked that there was another guy right there. Yeah, but so uh, we eventually resolved. You know what? It's because I disengaged. Yeah, had I not disengaged, I'd have still been in combat. You might have got hit and you would have remembered. So I, um, so basically what happened was we, we fought a bunch of uh, this sort of priest who summoned a bunch of seemingly weird angels made of light that attacked us mm. in this castle to rescue this girl and rescue our friends. We rescued our friends. We're all reunited. It was great. Uh, went back to this um, inn and one of us had ended up in this magical library and it was found the letter that said that the, the, these pools of darkness appeared across the lands at places like uh, that have strong ties to the other planes or places of uh, magical importance or sites of great sorrow um and now that you've found all of my research into this um you'll meet a strange you'll meet a friend who will help you um decipher it so we go back into this pub there's an old man there having a drink there's uh, the bartender um we're chatting this through having immediately within 10 seconds forgotten that we'd ever meet a stranger and mm. have them help us do stuff and then lo and behold the man at the bar is uh, Mortimer, the healing necromancer, who was a character from my one-shot. Uh, <laughs> which was a two-month one-shot. Um, that uh, betrayed the entire party by trying to, when they were forging this heartstone thing so they could leave the Feywilds and get away from Baba Yaga, they um, handed him the stone in the final battle and he used it to just blink out of existence and leave them all there. And But the funny thing was at this point, which is, this is one of the f- weird things that happens in D&D, which is that my current character, because I'm, I'm a new character, mm-hmm. didn't know who it was. Yeah. Uh, our, one of our other friends who started playing, he's a new character, didn't know who he was. My uh, character didn't because he wasn't there. He wasn't I there. Was the DM. Uh, so the, of the two people there who did know who it was, one of them didn't really mind him anyway. So then it was just left to Luke. Luke Luke's Luke character just was trying apoplectic. to go. He couldn't believe none of us could. And then we were just like, going, well, we don't care. Luke's Luke's monk character was like put to the test last night because he was his all of his patience all of his limits were tested he ended up pushing a guy up against the wall and being like you left us yeah. and it's like oh god very very angry yeah it was great i'm excited because now we've he's now we've now sort of made our peace with uh this now centuries old necromancer who's a bit of a dick mm. and a bit treacherous uh, and he's taken us back to luke's characters and as monastery so we're going to see some backstory for Ander Windriver, the former playboy turned mm. monk boy. Yeah. Monk Luke, man turned monk Luke, man. Luke, Luke's whole character is just sort of, there's a really fun drunk waiting to come out. Yeah, I can't wait to prize yeah. that out of him. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, well, more on D&D after we've played next time. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.